is your bridge to the land and people of Israel. I want to share an article that I recently wrote that is now published with Israel 365 News. I will put a link to the article in the description box below. I look for patterns and trends, and I try to connect the dots between what is happening in current events and how they relate back to prophecies in the Bible. I am seeing a fascinating transition happening in the nation of Israel, and I want to share that with you. The article is called, Birth Pangs of Biblical Zion. I am seeing signs that the nation of Israel is going through a major transition from being a secular nation, Israel, to becoming a biblical nation, Zion. What makes me say this? Let me lay it out for you. I recently listened to a video clip of Jeremy Gimpel, who spoke a passionate message at the recent Sovereignty Conference held in Jerusalem on January 11th of 2024. In his message, he asks the burning question, how could we have been so wrong? Where did we miss it? In 75 years since the rebirth of the nation, the only thing that matters has been absent. It's the littlest word, but it means everything. We have left God out of the conversation. It is a passionate plea for the nation and the people to return to the God of Israel and to return to his book. Listen to the clip. Just days ago, I went down to the south to visit the Kibbutzim, to visit the site of the music festival, to see reality with my own eyes, not just on a screen. And you walk around, and could you just put the image here? The image that Ohad talked about, there's a picture of it. And the question has to arise. How could we be so wrong? So wrong. The political establishment was wrong. The military establishment was wrong. The Shabak, the Mossad, all of the Modi'in, everyone wasn't just wrong. It's like peace now, flying flags to the people that killed them. How could we be so wrong? So the first thing, people need to go and visit the South as soon as possible. It should be like a march of the living for the Jews in Israel. Never again in Auschwitz is an important message for the people in Europe and maybe even in America, but never again here is far more urgent, far more relevant. But that begs to ask the question, how did we get it so wrong? And I think the answer is, and you can really see it also in the conference, 75 years, the only thing that matters has been absent. Um, it's the littlest word, but it means everything. For 75 years, Israel has been dedicated to building a godless state with peace now. God is absent. And without God, there will never be peace, not now and not ever. Did we really think... Did our leaders really think, a Palestinian state, that we were going to make a move that is in total contradiction to the Torah after the Jewish people have returned to this land after 2,000 years and we were going to be successful? Did we really think that we would do something that's in total denial of the vision that the prophets gave us that's absolutely in contradiction with the commands of the Torah and we were somehow going to bear fruit of success and prosper with such a move 
Obviously not. It was the opposite of the truth. It's the exact wrong. Why? Because the fundamental paradigm that the, that the modern state of Israel sees the world through is warped. They're constantly worried about peace now. We don't want peace now. We want peace forever. Can we just show that sign, please? And that will only happen when we have enough faith to stand alone against the nations, to do what's right, what's moral, and what's true, to stand alone because we stand with God. Until we bring God into this conversation, we will never be successful. Israel as a nation goes through two stages of development. In stage one, the secular nation is established as a placeholder government. This placeholder government serves a vital function. It provides a haven for Jews to go to in fleeing the persecutions and pogroms that they have experienced throughout the nations. Nation of Israel, stage one, Israel birth as a secular nation. Ezekiel 37 verses 3 to 8 describes stage 1 of the secular nation of Israel. As it is written, And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. There was no breath, no ruach, no spirit in them. The Spirit of God had not yet come upon the bones. Who are the scattered bones? Ezekiel thirty-seven eleven gives us the answer. They are the whole house of Israel. The children of Israel were scattered, like the bones, throughout the nations, and some of them have now regathered as a people in the land of Israel. The Jewish people had to come back to the land to have a safe haven to sink their roots there. In response, the land has supernaturally responded with greening, flowering, and producing beautiful and bountiful crops. Nation of Israel, Stage 2, Israel Transitions to Biblical Nation What happens in Stage 2 of the nation? The nation undergoes a transition from being a secular nation to becoming a biblical nation. Ezekiel 37, 9-14 describes this process. Also, he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived, and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say, Our bones are dry, and our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. 
Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from the graves. I will put my spirit in you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. Ezekiel 37, 9-14 In stage two of the development of Israel, the Spirit of God is placed in the people, his Ruach, and the nation transitions from being a secular nation and becomes a biblical nation. Birth of Biblical Zion in Isaiah There is another fascinating passage in Scripture that describes the birth process. Take a look at Isaiah 66, verses 7 to 9 with me. Before she labored, she was delivered. Before her pangs came, she bore a son. Isaiah 66, verse 7. So we have a woman giving birth to a son, and after she gives birth, then the labor pangs come. Whoever heard the like, whoever witnessed such events, can a land pass through travail in a single day, or is a nation born all at once? Yet, Zion travailed, and at once bore her children. Shall I, who bring on labor, not bring about birth, says Hashem? Shall I, who cause birth, shut the womb, says your God? There is a deep mystery hidden in this passage. It is describing the birth of a nation, and this nation has a name, Zion. So here is the pattern. A woman gives birth to a son, and in great duress. After she gives birth, then the birth pangs of travail happen. The birth of biblical Zion in Revelation. This pattern is repeated in Revelation 12 verses 1 and 2, where it is written, Now a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of twelve stars. Then, being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. First, she gives birth. The next verse, Revelation 12, verse 5, She bore a male child who was to rule all nations with the rod of iron, and her child was caught up to God and his throne. Then comes the birth pangs of tribulation, and the woman flees to the wilderness. Revelation 12, verse 6, Then the woman fled into the wilderness, where she has a place prepared by God, that they should feed her there 1,260 days. From these two parallel passages and scriptures, we can see the following. First, the birth of the Son happens first, Isaiah 66, verse 7, Revelation 12, verse 5. The birth pangs come after the birth, Isaiah 66, 7, Revelation 12, 6. The name of the biblical nation is Zion. Isaiah 66, 8. This birth of the biblical nation happens during the time known as Jacob's trouble or the Great Tribulation. What do we know about Jacob's trouble? The time known as Jacob's trouble is compared to the labor pains that a woman goes through. It is intense, 
it is severe and the pain is very great, as it is written in Jeremiah chapter 30, verses 6 and 7. Ask now and see whether a man is ever in labor with child. So why do I see every man with his hands on his loins like a woman in labor, and all faces turned pale? Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it, and it is the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. Yeshua is asked by his disciples, what would be the sign of his coming? He answers them with these words in Matthew chapter 24, verses 6 to 8. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world, but all this is only the first of the birth pangs with more to come. Signs of a nation in transition. The governors of Judah rise up. Another big sign that the nation of Israel is transitioning is this. I see signs that the governors of Judah are beginning to rise up. Who are these governors of Judah? Why do they rise up? We find them in Zechariah chapter 12, verses 5 and 6, and they rise up in response to the dividing of Jerusalem. Zechariah chapter 12, verses 2 and 3 talks about a day in the future when the nations will insist upon a Palestinian state with East Jerusalem as its capital. There has been much discussion in the news and from Anthony Blinken and the Biden administration about a two-state solution, even while the war with Hamas was still being waged. Since the October 7th horrific massacre by Hamas, there has been a dramatic shift in the political left in Israel. Many from the left who once supported a Palestinian state no longer do. They have learned the painful lesson that this is not about land. The Palestinians want the Jews dead. Let's look at those verses from Zechariah chapter 12, verses 2 and 3. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of drunkenness to all the surrounding peoples when they lay siege against Judah and Jerusalem. And it shall happen in that day that I will make Jerusalem a very heavy stone for all peoples. All who would heave it away will surely be cut in pieces, though all nations of the earth are gathered against it. Since there is no broad base of support from the Israelis for a Palestinian state, then for these verses to come to pass, it seems likely that the only way that this will happen is if it is imposed or forced upon Israel by the nations. And when that happens, it stirs a strong reaction from the governors of Judah. All over the world, in major cities, we see pro-Hamas supporters out on the streets calling for a Palestinian state. Just imagine it. At some point, a Palestinian state is officially declared with East Jerusalem as its capital. Here is what the governors of Judah will do in response. From Zechariah chapter 12, verses 5 and 6. And the governors of Judah shall say in their heart, 
The inhabitants of Jerusalem are my strength in the Lord of hosts, their God. In that day, I will make the governors of Judah like a firepan in the woodpile and like a fiery torch in the sheaves. They shall devour all the surrounding peoples on the right hand and on the left. But Jerusalem shall be inhabited again in her own place. Jerusalem. Wow, I want to be around when that happens. There is a parallel passage in Scripture that reveals more details about these governors of Judah. Let's look into the short little book of Obadiah. It was written to Esau, or Edom, very great enemies of Israel. When you read this passage in light of the horrific events that occurred on October 7th, it is chilling and uncanny. Did Obadiah take a peek? In the future, when he wrote this, Obadiah chapter 1, verses 10 to 15. For violence against your brother Jacob, shame shall cover you, and you shall be cut off forever. In the day that you stood on the other side, in the day that strangers carried captive his forces, when foreigners entered his gates and cast lots for Jerusalem, even you were as one of them. But you should have not gazed on the day of your brother in the day of his captivity, nor should you have rejoiced over the children of Judah in the day of their destruction, nor should you have spoken proudly in the day of distress. You should not have entered the gate of my people in the day of their calamity. Indeed, you should not have gazed on their affliction in the day of their calamity, nor laid hands on their substance in the day of their calamity. You should not have stood at the crossroads to cut off those among them who escaped, nor Nor should you have delivered up those among them who remained in the day of distress. God promises measure for measure. What has been sown will be reaped. There is a day of reckoning coming. For the day of the Lord upon all the nations is near. As you have done, it shall be done to you. Your reprisal shall return upon your own head. Now, here come the heroes. It is a very similar event as what is described in Zechariah 12, 5, and 6, where the governors of Judah are like a firepan in the woodpile. Obadiah chapter 1, verses 17 and 18. But on Mount Zion there shall be deliverance, and there shall be holiness. The house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. The house of Jacob shall be a fire, and the house of Joseph a flame. But the house of Esau shall be stubble. They shall kindle them and devour them, and no survivor shall remain of the house of Esau, for the Lord has spoken. Now this I can't wait to see. Battle for the Biblical Heartland Right now, there is a huge battle waging over the Biblical Heartland of Israel, Biblical Judea and Samaria, or known also known as the West Bank. There are many Arab and Palestinian communities in Judea and Samaria, and some of them have become a hotbed for terrorism, including Harawa, Janine, and Nablus. With all the international pressure coming to bear against Israel to declare and establish a Palestinian state, what is Israel to do? 
These are not nice neighbors. These are people who do car rammings, knifing, suicide bombings, and execution-style shootings. Here is another sign that the governors of Judah are beginning to rise up. A global movement has been born. KeepGodsLand.com You can read this message on their website. Judea and Samaria is the biblical heartland of Israel. Islamic jihadists and the left are trying to take it away. Creating a jihadist state in the heart of Israel would destroy the Jewish state. Keep God's Land is dedicated to strengthening and defending Israel's right to the biblical heartland with the ultimate goal of Israeli sovereignty over Judea and Samaria. Hallelujah! I can back that up 100%. Why? Because this movement lines up with the Word of God. God promised this land to the people of Israel, and it is an eternal covenant to Abraham and his seed. See Genesis 12, 7 and 8, Genesis 13, 14 to 17, Genesis 15, verse 7, and Genesis 17, verses 7 and 8. The biblical nation of Zion will be born. So, this biblical Zion nation will be born amid the travailing of birth pangs. The governors of Judah will play an important role in this. They will need to be courageous and act decisively when the time is right. They will have those who will come alongside them and help them, people from the house of Joseph. See Obadiah 1, 17 and 18. Whether you believe Mashiach is coming the first time, if you are Jewish, or the second time, if you are Christian, we know this for certain. Mashiach is coming, and he will be the king of Zion, the king of Israel, the king of all the nations, and he will rule and reign from Jerusalem, ushering in a new messianic era. May we see that day soon and in our lifetime.